Hello, and welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie Podcast. I'm April Atmansky, and I'm here today with... Justin the Clue! Ow! Yeah. It's October, <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> Who else is here? Uh, Colin Cunningham. Yes, You're, technically it's uh, October. Ooh, I'm a ghost. <laughs> so wait, are, are you one of those people like September 1st, and then they change their name to like a Halloween name on Twitter? Or... I will never change my name to a Halloween name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're too good for that? Oh, I hate those people. Um, okay, Colin, you picked the movie this week. I did. What do you have to say for yourself? Um, <laughs> As we're nailing the nails sorry. in the cross, and Colin's like, oh! I've been wanting to see this for so long. Well, this is my first time ever seeing this, and I don't know why I didn't see it as a kid. The movie, by the way, is Megaforce from 1982, um, directed Starring. by Hal Needham. He's like a very famous stuntman. I mean, he did Smoking the Bandit, Cannonball Run. Uh, he had a really big friendship with uh, Burt Reynolds. And uh, I think it was Brad Pitt's character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was based on him. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's been in thousands of movies as a stuntman and then went into directing and, you know, car films, basically. So he's the perfect guy to direct Megaforce. A live action G.I. Joe? It is. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, I don't know why I didn't see this as a kid, because it would be right up my alley. I was a huge fan of G.I. Joe and the cartoon. I didn't really read the comic much, but love G.I. Joe. This movie is pretty much a live-action G.I. Joe. It looks like, you know, a toy commercial come to life, pretty much. Oh, all the vehicles look like shitty toys. They do. They really do. Like, they fall apart when you get them. Oh, this is the funny (laughs) thing. And uh, so I was looking it up. I'm like, man, the costumes in this movie are so ridiculous. And we'll Uh, get into it. And so I looked it up. There was no costume designer on the movie. The costumes were designed designed by Mattel, the toy company. Well, I have to say they did a terrible job. I disagree. I think they're amazing. Um, So, yeah, I didn't see it as a kid. It was always on my radar, and I think it was just really hard to come by. I don't think it got a DVD release. I'd never even heard of this, but um, people apparently have heard of this movie. Yeah, I think it's become Um, like a kind of, you know, it's very campy, and it's become like a kind of cult favorite. Trey Parker and Matt Stone said it was their inspiration for Team America World Police. You know what? I was thinking of Team America (laughs) last night, and I wanted to bring that up, but I forgot, so thank you, because there's a scene where they go in and basically blow everything up in these crappy little cars, and it's kind of like a scene at the beginning (laughs) of Team America. So there you go. I think I would have enjoyed this more if it didn't just take place in the desert of a fictional world. It's just like an empty, it looks like the salt flats or something. (laughs) It's like this really boring, flat, empty space. Like if Barry Boswick was screaming like, the good guys always win and like blowing up the Eiffel Tower, then I would be in. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that, uh, it's very, very campy. And apparently they wanted to make, it was more serious at the beginning and then they just decided, you know what? Let's just make this campy and fun. Uh, it's more that it was campy. They enough. did make it campy. That yeah. last one that you said, I don't know if they succeeded on that point. <laughs> it's oh man, it wasn't as fun. When you see the trailer and you read what it's about, you see it's got an amazing poster. Oh, that uh, poster's so good. It's so good. Who did and that? Was it someone famous? I don't know. Uh, you think it's like a Drew Struzan? Yeah, or like a Drew like Struzan or like or, or a um, contemporary of Struzan. <laughs> Jim, well, what is the guy who did the Nick Fury comics? Uh, Jim oh, Strucco. I, I can't say his name uh, correctly. I don't know. But uh, it just, it has all the right pieces. It has all the ingredients. Uh, and then it just turns out to be a horrible meal. Just like, <laughs> yeah, a big turd. You're like, well, it looks so good. And then you uh, yeah. move it to the side and you're like, oh, we no. couldn't understand what was supposed to be happening. And then halfway through the movie, we had to turn the subtitles on because I guess we couldn't understand what people were saying. Yeah, but even with the mix. subtitles, we still didn't know what the heck the plot was. The sound mix was so bad. And this is weird. We rented it off of uh, <clears throat> iTunes, but it's got this really tinny stereo sound mix. And you, it's really hard understanding what people are saying. It's like, I walked in to a Christopher Nolan movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everything, not everything gets a 5-1 remaster, and I don't think Megaforce was high on the list. Oh, come on. You know? Uh, it does have a cool theme song, though. I wonder if it's caught in some kind of, like, rights hell, and that's why it hasn't gotten any... Because this feels primed for, like, Shout Factory is putting together mm-hmm. a Megaforce special edition. It, it's, it's possible. It's, it's weird. I kind of looked it up. I thought it got a restoration and a, a Blu-ray release years ago, but I could only find, like, some import Japanese mm. or Spanish Blu-ray. Um, I wonder if Shout does have the rights because uh, this is a Golden Harvest production, uh, the company yeah, well, that mm, popularized. 
Yep, uh, Jackie Chan. And this was part of their slate that included their Indiana Jones ripoff, High Road to China, and Jackie Chan's The Protector as their attempt to break into the American market. And Blade Runner. Did they invest in... How much investment did they have in Blade that, Runner? That blew me away. And uh, I, I don't even remember their name at the beginning of the movie. But... I think it says Fortune Star uh, in the copies that we watched. Okay. Like all the the movies that you just listed were all horrible bombs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This included. I rode to China. I remember it was like a Tom Selleck vehicle. Yeah. And I remember it being really, really boring. Oh, I don't like Hong Kong's supposed to be fun. Are they just trying to like dumb themselves down for these stupid American audiences? It could like, be. It could be. So this one was a huge bomb. It like cost twenty million dollars, and I think it made three million dollars back worldwide. Um, yeah. So first of all, it stars Barry Bostwick. Oh, he, the screen just lights up every time his face is on it. I'm going to say he's, my favorite thing right away, and yeah. it's his beautiful facial hair. He looks like he's halfway into transforming into a wolf man. He is so he's majestic quite, quite in his furry. hair. He's got this, like... You expect him to, like, scream like Chewbacca at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and he wears this amazing, like, headband throughout the movie. He looks like mm-hmm. uh, he looks like he just came from, you know, the beach. He spent, like, six months <laughs> learning how to surf in California or something like that. He's got this golden mane of hair. And then it also stars um, the guy from Xanadu. Michael Beck. Uh, and I guess the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, too. I guess the Warriors. <laughs> the Warriors. <laughs> Mostly Xanadu. Yeah, spoiler so, alert, we watched Xanadu last night after, after Mega Force. Yeah, yeah, but you yeah. know what? We just skipped it through the, the song part. Okay, those are the good part. <laughs> the best part. Um, so Michael Beck. We just had that Michael Beck um, flavor. I, we I needed think, more. I think back to his quote where he said, you know, the Warriors opened up all these doors for him as an actor that Xanadu promptly closed. And then and Megaforce two really years here, two, two years later, he does Megaforce on that. Just that someone's nailing that door shut to make sure. It never I mean, one again. of the big problems with this movie is that there are these characters like it's the cowboy. Yeah. It's the guy who loves Shakespeare, I guess. And then it's the, the it's just like all the G.I. Joe characters. And they don't and do like, anything, though. I don't even learn their names. There's like a <laughs> I think that there's like um, a black guy who likes listening to uh, his yeah, Walkman. I, so. I tried looking him up and he wasn't. Like, he didn't have an IMDb picture, so I think he only did, like, a couple things. And yes. I had no idea what his name was, because I can't understand anybody's names. I'm not even sure, like, they, they say the names, and it only seems like there's it. maybe four guys that are on the team, even though there are lots of people. Uh, it's just, like, they, they only focus on five people or something. And there's one woman in this entire movie. Yeah. So and the guys think that she shouldn't join the mission, she's <laughs> weak, and she, should get, she could get in the way. And they're right. No. Um, so basically, we, we start out uh, with my favorite way of how to start a movie, which is a big, huge screen full of text and, <laughs> and narration as well. Mm. And it's not even like... It's good. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> and it's read very, very slowly. I don't even know who it is, but... Uh, there is not like... one dimension. There are many dimensions. <laughs> It's like in the near future. Mm-hmm. Basically, oh, no, no. Force. It has to start with like, my we mother once told force. me that a man would come. <laughs> <laughs> that man, Barry Bostwick. <laughs> yeah, uh, playing himself in this movie. So the... His name's Ace. Ace Remember? Hunter. Um, so the opening text basically just says that, you know, the basically the world leaders of all the countries in the world uh, formed this mega force, which is basically like an international kind of army, I guess. Um, we call to, it the uh, United Nations, yeah. and they're going to invade. <laughs> We're going to lose our way of life, because I think the movie from the text then goes into the dangers of socialism. Oh, really? Well, I was confused. Like, is this the future? Is the not-too-distant future? Obviously, there's Earth, because the one guy is like, his name, they call him Dallas. The guy... Yeah, that's Michael Beck's Michael character. Beck, who wears a Confederate flag on his arm. Uh, yeah, so yeah. everybody on their Megaforce Ooh. outfit, their uniforms, has their it's country It's about states' rights. <laughs> sure, sure it was. So everybody wears the uh, the flag of their country on their shoulder. And for some reason, uh, he has a Confederate flag mm. on his shoulder. And then he also puts it on his Jeep at one point at the very end, before riding into battle and losing, <laughs> Oh man, the Dukes of Hazard showed up. 
<laughs> it's me, Duke. I don't know what my name is. <laughs> so then we're we're introduced to the quote unquote bad guy Henry Silva, which you know, if you've seen his face, you kind of know him. He's popped up in probably hundreds of movies. He was a big uh, Hal Needham, Burt Reynolds uh, repertory player. Yeah. I think he's the villain in Sharky's Machine, but I could be mistaken. He's in one of those Burt directorial efforts as the oh, main bad guy. Is it like Hooper or something like that? Or Yeah, that was a Hal Needham joint. He's probably around there as well. Yeah, still alive. If you've uh, ever oh, seen yeah. Ghost Dog, the Jim Jarmusch movie, he's in that. He was in like a thousand Italian films, especially yeah. crime ones. Well, clearly he's done a lot of stuff. He's got a really good uh, bad guy face. He's got oh, like a, yeah. You know, like Jack Palance or something like that. He <laughs> took over for the Mr. Moto role in some serial where he pretended to be an Asian man. Oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's really happy in this. In fact, his, his dimples are just like out. Like he's always smiling, even when he's like, I, well, you're going to have to explain to me what even happens I in the third know. act of this movie because they they get the upper hand on him somehow, I but he's know. still happy about so it. So basically he's introduced as like the bad guy, but uh, named Guerrera or something like that. And he's trying to invade Guerrera. this fictional country called Gamibia. And, uh, but he's like the most jovial, happy, likable bad guy who has, it's not intimidating at all and doesn't even seem to be threatening at all. So right off the bat, I'm very, very confused. Wait, I have a hypothesis here. Do you think that like we don't see anybody living because this is like the 1% playing silly war games when the real (laughs) society is like underground living like cave people eating each other? Yeah, it's really strange. They don't have any, I don't even think they show any cities or any other people. It's just this vast wasteland. (laughs) Where the rich fight their mega forces. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's like they rented out this chunk of the desert for the weekend and shot a movie or something like that. It's, It's really, really strange. So then we're introduced to uh, Edward Mulhair. Is that the guy that looks like Michael Caine? He does. Most people would know him from Knight Rider. He was uh, uh, David Hasselhoff's boss on Knight Rider. He looks like like a combo of Michael Caine and Christopher Plummer. He does. That (laughs) gave us some entertainment throughout the movie. Yeah, he sounds like Christopher Plummer, and he kind of has the sort of old man, blonde, kind of wavy, wavy hair like Michael Caine does. <laughs> I thought he was going to be like the stick in the mud that the Megaforce has to fight against, but everybody just gets along. Yeah, yeah it's pretty so much. weird. Uh, so he's a general in this country, Gamibia or something like that. I, I, I had to piece this plot together by reading Wikipedia today, and I had to rewatch the first half of the movie just to figure out what the hell was happening in this film. And his number two is Persis Kambada. She's uh, not his daughter? No. no. Because you find out she's like the princess of this country. No, she's in the army. She's the a major. But then someone says later, like, oh, she's someone important's daughter. Oh, I didn't get that. Well, that's what I remember. The one thing I remember. It's not important. Anyway. <laughs> Um, that's my, Persis Kambada is my favorite thing of the movie because I like her. Most people would know her um, from Star Trek The Motion Picture. She was the bald lady. She chick. was the bald lady. I can't remember her name, but she turns into V'ger mm. at one point. And I was saying last night, I think I really like the first Star Trek movie. I'm not a big mm. original TOS um, Star Trek fan. I didn't really watch that series growing up. I watched the other ones, and I've only seen the first two um, movies from that. But I really, really like the first two. And I, uh, the first one, she basically like steals that movie. She's really, mm-hmm. really good, and I think she's very charismatic and. She's okay in this, but then her character gets like totally sidelined, and they're like, "No, yeah. you can't come on the mission." She's okay, like, "Okay, bye." Yeah, we'll we'll sort of get into that, but yeah, she's kind what of set up to be a, you know this bigger character or more important role in the movie, and she's completely just dumb. She does nothing. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you can't. You got Barry Boswick on screen, you know. The celluloid can't hold more than that. It was in his skin tight leotard with a bunch of bubbles against it. Oh my God. These outfits, everybody is in skin tight, like shiny leotards or whatever the hell they are. As I said, there's no women in this movie other than Kambala. And Mm -hmm. she gets like a regular army fatigue, like 
like onesie, sorry, uh, body, body, I don't know what mm-hmm. they're called. But then the men are in completely skin tight, shiny things. They're like, <laughs> they're like vacuum form to their bodies. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, and they're like low cut too. They're so tight. Yeah, very boss. showing always, cleavage. He always has his zipped kind of halfway down to so, you know, he's got some chest hair there. He's got to show off. But his ass cheeks are so prominent in this movie. It's yeah. insane. It's like they just spray painted. Do like, you their think bodies. he worked them out? Like he's I, like, it's an all ass cheek um, workout. I don't know if he was like clenching them the entire time. <laughs> but there are scenes where he's walking, and we we're trying to figure out why he's walking so strangely. And I, I'm like. Or is it just like is his ass is his so tight? His crotch because, is so tight. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if it was the, the jumpsuit that was, you know, making him walk like that, but I kind of thought maybe it was his boots because he's wearing these gigantic, big, black kind of I thought they were silver. Yeah, it's not important. No, they're like kind of shiny <laughs> black and they look like big ski boots or something. Do you uh, think the Megaforce is like a sex cult of some kind? <laughs> that would explain these outfits. Yeah. And that's and why man. they're like, no women allowed. Yeah, you know? it's it's a, it's a it's a homosexual. We, pl- <laughs> thing. we work hard so and we play though. hard. Yeah, they must change outfits. Like it's speaking of Star Trek: The Motion Picture, how Kirk's always in a different outfit. That movie, they've got have so many jumpsuits in this movie. That are all skin tight. There's black ones. And they're all there's ugly. silver I, ones. <laughs> there's brown ones. Wait, 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 remember the outfit that had the big flap? Yeah, there's the, one scene. A horribly distracting flap. <laughs> well, I, I can't even describe it. It's At like one the, point, they look like like pirates or something like that. That the flap outfit. That's like <laughs> all, cl- close to like the Nazi uniform Neil Patrick Harris wears in Starship yeah. Troopers. It yeah, also reminded like, me of the Star Trek outfit. It's kind of like their formal dining uh, outfits. Yeah. <laughs> their and, formal dining outfits. Yeah, they, and then but they have this like big blue silk like ascot or something on that and then, was just a shirt colin it wasn't an ascot but it looked like an ascot it was really weird and then Ugh. so they have this double-breasted shirt it's like you know dark blue and they have this big sort of double-breasted thing that folds over but it is gigantic it is so big Yeah, and the flap is the other it's a it's a different color on the other side and i think yeah, it was red. hot pink right i think it was bright red or pinkish red yeah so it was just so distracting and it just looked it looked like a high school play costume but it's when i said yeah. you know when i read the mattel design the costume it all kind of made mm. sense because so, these uh, are action figures. Like they I look looked like into it, figures. like it, bright colors. It looks like they never made any toys. <laughs> Probably because it was a horrible failure. No, but, I actually I read that there was like a playset or something. Was there? Because I was looking. Because you would think there would be a huge wave that would come with the movie, especially with Mattel backing it. Yeah, you'd think they would have pre-made all these mm-hmm. toys, you know. And once this movie was a huge hit, which it never was, they would release it. But I don't know. Were they waiting for the movie to be a hit? Or well, there was a video game. There was a video game for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and we watched the commercial today. And the commercial stars Brian Brian Cranston. Cranston. It's like uh, it's in the Wikipedia or something. It's like trivia. Brian Cranston is in the commercial for it, and we watched this commercial. He is in less than a second. Yeah, he's in one shot. It's not even a full second. He's just like strapping in to play this game, and then it cuts to game footage. Yeah, game it's him, fun. though. It's him. I don't think that game looked very good. <laughs> well, it's only Atari 2600. It's, yeah. yeah. So I'm looking here, and it looks like there was a Megaforce Desert Strike, which is like yeah. the dune buggy. It says, based on the motion picture. But I want like a Brian um, action figure. I just don't want the vehicles. Ah, the vehicles. Yeah, we whatever. need the peep, we need the action figures. Yeah. But the vehicles are like a huge part of this movie. Oh my there's God. There's the motorcycles. There's like the Jeep things. Yeah. And then uh, there's like a couple planes. Yeah, so like Persis Kambata and Edward Mulhair uh, go to the desert. They fly to U.S. Uh, sorry, they fly to the U.S.A. And I guess they're supposed to meet Megaforce. It's implied, I guess, that they need help protecting their country from Henry Silva. I think. I th- yes, because he's invading or something like that. <laughs> so they kind of show up to the desert in the middle of nowhere, and they're just sitting, and Edward Mulhair is complaining the entire time, like, oh, they should have had a welcoming committee. Oh, I can't sit out here, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and then the uh, Michael Beck shows up. Um, his name is Dallas. He drives a pickup truck. That's right. He's got like he's got a, an accent. He's got, he's got a southern accent, and he's got like a school-chewing tobacco T-shirt. And uh, he takes them to see like a training demo. So Barry Boswick and his team of motorcyclists 
come out, drive through the desert, and the motorcycles have like machine guns and missile launchers on them. Yeah, doing... that's the best scene of the movie where they're just like shooting a million things in the yeah. air, and it's all like bright rainbow balls for yeah, some reason. Yeah, like targets fly Smoke out. everywhere. But they're doing wheelies. They they can't like shoot unless they're doing wheelies. So they're constantly <laughs> yeah. doing wheelies and like all these wheelies missiles. while shooting. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> and they're like jumping over the cars. They're like, Rrr! yeah. Can't... Barry Boswick's character, his intro is he jumps over Persis Combata's car and she freaks out and yeah. he lands and takes off his helmet. And I guess that kind of sets up uh, the his move later on in the, in the at the very end. Yeah, well, this sets up their love story, I guess. He's got the hots for her right off the bat. She's got the hots for him. Well, could you not? He's wearing that outfit. <laughs> yeah, his uh, yeah. dick is just hanging out there. Just there is the one, massive thing. There is one shot. I swear to God, I could see Michael Beck's penis head. Everyone's penis head. It's so tight. Everyone's wearing the same outfit, so all their all their head, heads were potentially out. Do you think they had to wear cups? I bet you they had to wear cups. They should have wore cod pieces or well, something. Barry Boswick is quite smooth, but I don't know if it was just like this one shot. Uh, okay, Maybe also, they had to wear like an under. How they, is that? They were all neutered for the movie. They're like, listen, we're gonna sterilize you. You put that rubber band between. The testicles a few days after no blood it rots right off that's how you um that's how you <laughs> take well, the balls off okay. a bowl it'll, it'll grow right back unless those outfits are like flame retardant they should not be wearing them while they're on the megaforce they're providing no protection at all I, well, yeah, I don't know but they're so good they're never gonna get shot i i guess so i don't think anybody gets shot in this movie i don't or killed. remember any anything like that <laughs> They just no, blow nobody a bunch gets killed. There's no up. villains or anything. Stuff blows up, but that's pretty much it. There's no villain. There's no swearing. There's no violence. Uh, it's pretty much just geared. It's just like a big toy commercial, but like kind of like a Saturday morning cartoon. It is, but nothing. It's more of like a toy demo because there is no plot. Like there, like, I keep saying this, but there really isn't. No, there, <laughs> yeah, there's no plot. That's the problem. I need to see these things do cool stuff other than wheelies yeah. if I'm going <laughs> to buy these toys. Yeah, and then the, the Jeep things, I think, just like drive around, you know. Oh, um, they have lasers on top. Right, okay. Yeah, so they kind of shoot. <laughs> lasers? Oh, I gotta get this toy now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Radical. Yeah, the whole, the whole end action scene is basically just, it looks like they just shot a toy commercial. It's just like yeah. these cool vehicles just driving across this desert uh, with like smoke plumes behind them. Well, the one scene that um, maybe is a little different is um, the skydiving scene. Yeah, so... Uh, they go skydiving. Yeah, so they, they get a tour of the base, basically, after this this motorcycle demo. Um, and, you know, you can see some matte paintings and stuff like that. But there is one... They go to, like, the vehicle hangar, and they're kind of touring around... Uh, I was actually impressed because like the space seemed genuinely huge and they had a ton of like helicopters and tanks that and stuff is surprising like that. because everything else in the movie looks so cheap especially all the like they keep cutting to one guy in like this control room with like buttons on the wall and it's like this <laughs> tiny little shot yeah um maybe he's supposed to be in a tank i don't know but, but they do have that uh, one shot where they kind of very carefully walk over to the edge of the matte painting <laughs> to see <laughs> to see the multi to yeah see, see the multi and you can see like the line yeah there's all these levels in the base you can see other people kind of like puttering around but they kind of like very carefully go up and just sort of stop at this line where the matte painting starts. Like, look, there it is. Okay, well, let's, let's <laughs> Can walk we go backwards. Touch it? Nope, we can't. This is the end of the matte painting. Don't yeah. point. We don't want to roto your finger out over the matte painting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep your arms down. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Yeah, so the vehicle like hangar was pretty cool, actually. So obviously that was like a, a real location that they shot at, but they had a lot of vehicles and helicopters and stuff in there. <laughs> when um, are they going to get to the action factory? Oh, you're, you're... When are they getting to the skydiving scene. Yeah, well, basically, Persis Combata, they work out their plan, whatever it is, I have no idea. And Persis Combata wants to join them on the mission. Uh, she wants to go, and Barry Boswick's like, what? You know, this is the most elite fighting force in the world. I, I, you can't qualify. And uh, she's like, that's it, I'm coming along. So I guess he has to test her out or she's got to go through training. Yeah, so, there's like short training. An elaborate, yeah. like this is a really long section of the movie where she's training. Um, and I guess the first bit they do is skydiving. Uh, and he's like being very condescending, you know, in the plane, like, all right, you got to do this and you got to pull the ripcord if you're scared. 
And she's like, I know what I'm doing. And she jumps out of the plane. Cut to real skydiving footage. So <laughs> well, they, they a had, little bit. Yeah, they had real people do it, but then they also shot them on a green screen with wires. Yeah, well, and this is, looked really funny. This is funny. This movie, at the very beginning in the opening credits, it says filmed in introvision. Uh, introvision was, uh, it's like a front projection technique that, I believe the first movie to use it was Outland, the Sean Connery, Peter Himes movie. Hey, we just watched that. Yeah. Kind of. Great movie. Um, basically, it's a really good movie. But yeah, that movie's really underrated. Yeah, and uh, basically it's just front projection. So instead of filming the actors on a blue screen and then having to do an optical composite later, uh, you could basically just capture it all in camera. Um, uh, it's like a kind of 3M reflective material that they put behind them. But this uh, skydiving scene is so funny. And <laughs> so they have like a skydiving love scene, or and it like goes on for like a really it's long like time. And there's a ballad like, playing yeah, while they're skydiving. Like this sort of sappy, like romantic music playing as they're kind of like hanging on wires, pretending that they're falling. It doesn't even look like they have a fan going for their hair. Or clothes. No, I, I don't think they uh, did that. <laughs> They didn't have the budget for a fan. It's possible. They blew it all on the costumes. Hal Needham needed it for himself. He was very hot on set. Yeah, watching, you know, hot girl in a wire skydiving thing, you know. I'm surprised uh, Barry Boswick doesn't have like a, a skin tight skydiving outfit. Yeah, I think they were just, well, because they had to put real actors yeah, skydiving so they had to at least wear something that's like regulation you would know yeah. if it wasn't like boswick's ass cheeks uh, uh like they bring in a stunt butt or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, they, it's intercut with double. like it's intercut with real skydivers so you'd know you know those cheeks weren't boswick you know <laughs> yeah, that's they'd be like boswick. oh we know that this isn't the real boswick but they give like persis combata a big like puffy outfit to wear so like the stunt man who's actually doing her skydiving scene <laughs> he can't tell that it's a dude did, did we mention that he's from rocky horror picture show uh probably i feel I like mean, that's we what should he's most mention he's from for. spin city oh well, yeah. i watched that i don't remember him being in it he but was he the was the mayor he was one of the main characters he was oh, great that was him yeah. yeah oh man i didn't know that uh a show that i worked on called lex the sci-fi show Barry Boswick Ooh. was in the very, very first episode. He was the star power that they used to get people in. He was, yeah. So basically, the before it went to series, it was uh, four TV movies. And they had a star for each episode. So mm. Rucker Hauer was in one. Tim Curry, I think, was another. Malcolm McDowell was in another. And uh, Barry Boswick was the in the first one, wearing a... Wonder Woman skirt. It's like a ridiculous outfit. Look yeah. it up. Um, but so, Colin, you worked on all four of those movies? Yeah. And he was only in one of them? Yeah. And then it, you didn't work on any of the show when it went to series? It went to series, and I think the company I was working at, Core, had an office in Germany, and I think Germany did the series stuff. Or I moved on to something else, but I never mm. worked on the, the well, series. Lex, it's a Canadian sci-fi show. Yeah, it's um, like a Canadian I never German. watched it, but I definitely knew of it. It's very weird. Yeah, it has, I think, a pretty big fan base, I, I believe. Yeah, it has a huge cult following, but it was like a German-Canadian co-production filmed in, uh, I think, Halifax or something. Mm, I always got that confused with Babylon 5. <laughs> they were on at the same time, if I recall. Did you ever watch Babylon 5? I've seen like one episode. I, yeah. I did for the first season because all the effects were done in Lightwave on the video toaster, and that mm -hmm. was by, I loved Lightwave, I was like a Lightwave user, so... It was big in the Lightwave community, Babylon 5. I see. Um, Dude, speaking of Lightwave, can can we talk about Todd Rundgren's music video for a quick second? Yes. <laughs> so Todd Rundgren, who's a 70s rock star, um, was a big proponent of Lightwave, and he made an entire music video in Lightwave, and it's the funniest shit ever. Yeah, Look really it funny. up. What's it called? Uh, change myself or something like that. Change we, myself. It's really funny, but yeah, Todd Rundgren was really big in the lightwave community because of, wow, he like you know he was in all these magazines. He made his own music video with lightwave, and it was a huge deal at the time. And we looked at it; it's really funny. Yeah, um, it's, it's sort of made with all the kind of default objects that come with lightwave. So like, there's you a know, chess set. There's a chessboard um, and a sphere. And, a, and did a, you use lightwave? Did you put on those VR goggles, uh, Colin? You're like, whoa. <laughs> VR. 
Justin, <laughs> I had a guide to virtual reality, like to do on your computer, and I wanted to use it so badly, but <laughs> didn't have the software. And it see, it promised so much. This like manual. Well, I remember going back to the uh, when the Amiga was out. They used to have a, an event every year called the World of Commodore. Mm. Uh, it was hosted. It was at like some convention center by the airport, and I remember them demoing. Uh, virtual reality, I think it was run on the Amiga at the time, and you could put on these VR headsets, which were probably so rudimentary. This was like oh, yeah. 86 or 87 or something like that. Uh, it just looked terrible, but you know, I never got to put it on because the line was too big. But you gotta watch this music video because it's it's, it's, it's it's hilarious. His face is on a leaf and it's singing. I can't even I can't even describe to you how good this music video is. Also, it's not a bad song. I'm a big Todd Rundgren fan. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, Megaforce. No, yeah, Megaforce. I have no idea what happens in the third act of this movie. Well, it, first they, of well, all, they go and they they blow up this base well, and. Oh, oh. You're rushing ahead, April. I, I literally have no idea what else happens before this. Let's call and paint Scott, a word picture because I'm with you, April. Look, I got I, nothing. I took all the notes down, so I know what's going on in this movie. <laughs> he watched this movie ten times. I did. In preparation. I still couldn't yeah. understand what was happening. And then, so she's got another uh, training montage. She's doing this like video game thing or something. She's on this, she's in front of like a projector screen that has like footage of tanks and it looks like footage from the end of the movie that they just like stuck out this like projector and uh she's in like a kind of simulator or something riding in front of it shooting all the things and she aces the test and then barry boswick's kind of like off to the side watching her and uh he's in front of a screen so this is something i read about in the imdb trivia and i had to go back and take a look for myself because i couldn't believe it He's standing off in front of a projection screen, so he's silhouetted in black. And then she aces the test and walks over, and he's saying basically, like, no, sorry, even though you, like, aced all the tests, you still can't join Megaforce. And his right hand, so you see him in silhouette, his right hand is hanging by his side. His side. And it looks like his dick is hanging out. <laughs> it really does. And I did I, not notice that. We didn't notice it I either. I didn't notice it either. The, and then I had to go back and play it again. Is and it a Teen Wolf style situation? A mystery that needs to be solved? So his dick is hanging out. Check and Colin's Twitter for a picture. Yeah, I posted, I, posted uh, I tweeted about it today. And the explanation on IMDb, it says that Barry Voswick claimed it was an accident, but then years later admitted that he had done it on purpose as a fuck you to Hal Needham because Hal Needham talked him into a Ponzi scheme that had lost money. Holy shit, <laughs> a Ponzi scheme? It's a very weird backstory. Can you, <laughs> it was so weird. Wait, can you can you clarify to me what a Ponzi scheme is? It's, like it's some, a pyramid like scheme. A pyramid scheme. Oh, a pyramid so, scheme, okay. So basically the way it works is that you're tasked to sell stuff to people, and those people under you then have to sell it to other people, and it oh. trickles down that way. So the people at the top Make yeah. all the money like the, while the people at the bottom have yeah. debt. Yeah. That they it's take very on. illegal. The multi-level marketing thing. Like yeah, that kind exactly. Of. And it happens all the time. Like if you have a cousin that's trying to sell you like slacks or something like that. Yeah. They got stuck in a pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> I remember talking about it in uh, high school. My friends tried to convince me to get in on one, and it all made so much sense. Yeah, man. All you need to do is invest a thousand dollars, and you can make fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, yeah, poor, his, poor Barry Boss. His fake dick is hanging out for a very, very long time, too. And the camera, How did we not notice this? I don't know, but the camera's kind of pushing in on them, so it kind of goes out of frame after a little bit. Well, I think we were, we, if we saw it, we were like, oh, it's his hand. But if you look at the screenshot, it's very phallic looking. It's so funny, yeah. And it's right there, so it's, <laughs> it's funny. It's pretty That'll funny. That'll teach Harry how <laughs> need to get me in Ponzi schemes. I wonder if he got yeah. Burt Reynolds into like Ponzi schemes. Uh, he seems he like he, did. he'd be susceptible. Yeah, him and uh, him and uh, Dom Deluise in like a Ponzi scheme with Hal Needham. <laughs> ah, there's a caper right there. <laughs> Smokey and the Ponzi. That's scheme. a movie right there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so they're kind of setting up like Persis Combata to be this. You know, you think she's going to join the team. He says no, and then I think, well, they're not going to go through all those training scenes just to have her not be on the team. She's going to pop up later and She'll save, save him. the day. Nope. 
She's immediately sidelined in this movie. And she just waits on the sidelines to cheer when they, Literally. I don't know, they blow stuff up. Literally yeah. on the sidelines. And she's, yep. she's out of the movie for like an hour. And then she does show up at the end to, to uh, smile and wave. Smile and wave and to say that they're going to go on a date. Yeah. He says, we're going to go on a date at the Lion's Head in London. And uh, so she sees him off. They're going on the their lion's mission. head in London. Are you speaking of that fictional Earth that we read about in book? <laughs> yeah, because... just like oh, I guess there's. Yeah. Wow, there is an outside world in this movie. Uh, that's outside the desert. I want like they just cut to London and it's just like a desert, and then it's just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the London I was talking about. There's like a little hut in the middle. It's like oh, that's the lion's head. Uh, so she kind of no sees man, it. this is Mattel. The lion's head is like a giant metallic lion head that like opens its mouth and shoots fire. The, the lion's head playset. Yeah, yeah. That'd, that'd be cool. It would at least be something. So she's seeing him off. They kind of like are all getting in these Hercules planes and flying away, and then they do this thing which comes back later. He kisses his thumb. And then gives her a thumbs up. And then she does the same. And then she waves with her <laughs> thumb out. She waves with her hand and a, f- a, and thumb, a, thumb, a thumbs up. She's waving like that. I I'm was like, like, is this some future waving thing? <laughs> That's Everyone really what I thought. Everyone has thumbs up fever in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> They're all giving themselves thumbs up, Just, smiling, high-fiving. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's so joyous. I, 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 there's no explanation for it. It just is. He does this so am- what is my favorite character from Xanadu during, doing during <laughs> all of this? Um, not much. He's just <laughs> like, he, he's like the, the second in command, I guess. But he's kind of like barely in this. And I struggle to wonder if he knows what kind of movie he's in. I don't know. If Barry any- Boswick does. Barry Boswick knows this is like a camp. Yeah, it's a goddamn movie that robbed me of tons of money. <laughs> I feel like Michael Beck is like almost trying too hard. But he is pretty cheesy. It's a cheesy performance for sure. He's got some good lines. I remember he's introducing, they kind of have this uh, this egghead scientist. So that is their, his nickname is Egg at the base. He's like the cue. He kind of builds all the contraptions and stuff like that. And he says, uh, he's got more degrees than a red hot thermometer. That that line haunted us in the entire movie. April misheard it and thought he said something gross about Greece. I thought he said, "Wait, what?" He, ha- he has more greased than a red hot thermometer. Like he's greased people. <laughs> Wait, what? And that doesn't even make. How? You know the- how you grease up a thermometer and to take a temperature? Oh, a rectal um, thermometer. Oh wow, you went there. That's yeah. what I heard. So after that, we had to turn so the subtitles you, on. He's got more grease than a thermometer. You're gonna shove up somebody's ass. I, I laughed. Get their and she was like, "Oh, that's disgusting." Like, what are you talking about? He's got yeah. more degrees. So was April like just covered in sweat for the rest of the movie? She's oh. like, "Oh boy, what's he gonna do with the thermometer?" Thinking about a thermometer. <laughs> and then Wait, like, do you but, grease up a thermometer before you put it up? Uh, you put a little lubricant. Well, I don't even know if they do rectal thermometers anymore. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. (laughs) They do them at hospitals. Well, then you should grease up because, uh, you know, you can imagine why. (laughs) Pain, pleasure, (laughs) indivisible. Um, so yeah, then there's this awesome like night drop scene where all the vehicles are dumped out of the the Hercules. Unlike uh, finally, we're getting to the good stuff. Oh right? yeah, Colin. man! One of uh, the few action sequences. In yeah, this which you know the Fast and the Furious totally ripped off. And that one was it like James Wan's where they jump out of the the airplane in their cars. Oh yeah, except that movie's fun. <laughs> this has it. Feels like it should be more fun. Like it. it, it that's that's why it rubbed me the wrong way. Is that I should love this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, Hal Needham, Stuntman, but super fun. Where did they movie go Movie made by Mattel. Come on. There's not enough action sequences. That's where it went wrong. And $20 million, like, Hal Needham kept saying, oh, it's like such a low budget. But for 1982, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Where could it have gone? I don't... <laughs> it went into the, pon- the Ponzi Guys, scheme. it went into the Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah. It's the only what explanation. the whole movie was a Ponzi scheme? <laughs> To sell toys. What could the Ponzi scheme be? Could it be like, hey, listen, Megaforce is going to be a huge hit. How about this? How about you buy a thousand toys? <laughs> yeah. And so those toys never really came out except for like that one. He's yeah, they Barry. Barry Boswick's basement. He's just like full of toys. And he's like yeah. trying to convince Action. his wife to, to sell toys to the neighbors. Action mm. figures of himself. You see, they sell a thousand and then we get the money. <laughs> yeah. And we double the price or something. God damn it, Needham. <laughs> 
Um, oh. So yeah, then they they get to, there's like a nighttime action scene where they're just it's just kind of chaos. It's just cars and motorcycles driving around in the dark, shooting stuff. Things are blowing up. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. And then there's like a double cross. Uh, it's a double cross that we don't understand. Yeah. So Edward Mulhair's character like thanks them. I guess they destroyed Henry Silva's base or something like that. And then he kind of double crosses them here. And I still don't understand it. I He says it. you did your job too well. Now we can't allow you to cross the border into our country to get home. So For some reason. Gonna, I, I have no idea. You're going to have to make it to this dry lake bed. Well, that's middle, what Henry Silva's in, saying. In the middle of California. Um, and I got my tanks there, so I'm going to shoot you when you get there, is yeah. basically what he's saying. But then Henry Silva shows up at their secret base, and it turns out he and Barry Boswick are good friends from Yeah, years and ago. also Henry Silva was like in cahoots with the woman and the Michael Caine guy is really, really unclear. I don't know. It's very confused. my brain. So basically, (laughs) we've got half an hour left in the movie. Nothing has happened, and they've got to make it to this desert. Uh, More desert scenes. Yeah, more (laughs) desert scenes. So they've got to make it to this dry lake bed so the Hercules planes can land, they can drive their vehicles on, and escape. But Henry Silva's waiting there for them with tanks. So now they've got to sneak attack Henry Silva from behind. So basically it's just 30 minutes of cars driving uh, and, yeah. things, and things blowing and motorcycles, up. motorcycles, I think. You see lasers firing. I don't know who they're firing at, who's We, we were really who. confused like what was supposed to be happening. There's, yeah, and like I guess they hit one of the planes because one of the planes has to turn around. So they've only got one Hercules plane. So they say, we can't pick up any of the vehicles, so set them to self-destruct, and we'll just like run onto this plane. Everybody will escape. Um, so it's just basically motorcycles driving in a straight line for thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, long story short, I guess his men escape, but he's the only one left. Yeah. So, um, and the men escape by by turning like smoke trails on in their their motorcycles to distract Henry Silva or I don't know, get lost in the fog, but they're all like multicolors. So it's like a big rainbow smoke, rainbow trail. smoke screen. Yeah. Kind of cool. Fun. So it's kind of set up earlier that egg had added this flying feature to Barry Boswick's motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And, and this is like the most famous scene in the movie. Yeah. This is a clip that you've probably seen on YouTube, but you can go, you know, just search for it. It's really funny. And it's Barry Boswick looks like the worst blue screen you've ever seen uh him mm-hmm. flying his motorcycle kind of like what they did in the uh Battlestar Galactica uh uh 1980s TV show do you remember that uh, uh it's way before my time oh all right i watched the first yeah, season it's of, not the, Babylon of, 5, of the Colin. new one yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um well in that are they like facing the camera um like head on no it's like they come to present day <laughs> earth and then they're like driving around, you know, Earth on these motorcycles, these futuristic motorcycles that can fly as well. So these wings come out from like the side of their motorbikes and they fly around. Well, I'm assuming it looks a lot better than Megaforce. I don't know. Oh, no. I do not think no? so. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Um, well, anyway, uh, he looks like he's having a really good time. He's he, yeah. like like laughing. Yeah, because he just signed the papers to get into this deal <laughs> yeah, like, that is this guaranteed is so to good. triple his return. He, he was awaiting the, the results of his Ponzi scheme. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make so much money. And Michael Beck's like, woohoo, you're doing good. Just yeah. a little further. Come on, Come on Hunter, man. You can do it. You're going to make it. Yeah. Everybody's like slapping their leg, yeehaw, hooting and hollering. And then uh, he slowly flies his motorcycle into this airplane. Yeah. And we should point out that this flight takes like 30 minutes. Oh, <laughs> like, man. It takes so long. It felt long. like 30 minutes. They're dragging it out and they're playing like And they're like, look at these special effects. Look how good these look. <laughs> Intro vision. <laughs> Even though, like, Superman flew, like, I don't know, four years before that, it looked better in that movie. Yeah, they do have this, like, triumphant song. Yeah. Again, very, like, Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, it's got a great soundtrack, I gotta say that. Um, and then uh, we cut to the ground and we see uh, his lady friend. Yeah, Persis Kambata and Edward Mulhair are giving, like, a press conference or something like that. No idea what's going on. I, I've, yeah, I have no idea. What the relationship is with any of these people. 
Yeah, we forgot. Henry Silva also gives a thumbs up. He does. He's really happy to see him. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah! So, like, it's co- so confusing because it's like, are you movie? bad or not? Because you apparently love everyone. I don't. Uh, they're rich. It doesn't like, matter. <laughs> there isn't any good or bad. There's yeah. just war. Yeah. I wonder if Henry Silva wasn't on the scheme as well. Sure. There was like deleted scenes that like the colored balls are shooting have like babies in them. Oh. <laughs> Henry Silva lost money too, so he just shot every scene with his dick out. <laughs> yeah. They had to crop it in post. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so he's happy. Everybody's yeah, happy. Curses Kambada uh, waves and she does the little kiss her thumb thing. Yeah, Barry Boswick, they kind of like lower the airplane so he can blow up Edward Mulhair's helicopter. From his motorcycle. Yeah, but what was that? It's kind of revenge for screwing him over, but even though we don't even understand the screw over, but yeah, so he blows up his motor or his His helicopter helicopter. or something. Persis Combata's laughing. Edward Mulhair's laughing. He's like, "Oh, you got me good, Ace." Everybody's happy and laughing. It's great. And then thumbs up. Barry Boswick. Freeze gives, frame. Yeah. And he gives like the cheesiest kiss thumbs up and we get a freeze the frame. The good guys always win. Even in the 80s. Yep. Whoa. I don't know what that means. Um, so then, yeah. And then they just play over the opening. They play scenes from the movie. From the movie over the yeah, opening. All credits. the exciting scenes. Them skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So really, you don't need to even see the movie. Just watch the last five seconds yeah. and then the credits. Just watch the super cut. But yeah. my favorite thing is just the, the end credit song is fantastic. It's like this rocking 80s tune. Yeah. I don't remember Megaforce. how it went, but it, it they say Megaforce. Yeah. They it. say Megaforce. It was good. It's good. It's, oh, it's awesome. I think it was covered uh, by journey as well it was a big hit and ace freely the guitarist from kissed to cover of it it sounds it all sounds about right yeah it's awesome it's really fun anyway this movie oh man it was so crushingly disappointing to me i've Mm. I've, it's been on my radar for a very long time and oh man it didn't live up to your expectations it should be good how do you fuck this up well it's a good thing we're going into shocktober So I, don't, I mean, we are in October. Well, this episode, it, when this comes out, it will be October. So I'm sorry that this isn't spooky, but um, I mean, it terrified us into <laughs> watching Megaforce. I guess uh. their outfits were terrifying. Um, I wouldn't recommend this movie. I like I just said, watch the last, the end freeze frame, and then watch the the shot of him flying on the motorcycle is very funny. Yeah, maybe the the skydiving scene too. Yeah, you can probably find all the best bits on YouTube, and it'll be like exactly. three minutes, three minutes long or something like you that. You always see that gift of him on the motorcycle from the end yeah yeah and, and he does like a little spin too he kind of spins around uh yeah so that's it for megaforce yeah it's so. on uh, Insta- uh instagram it's on <laughs> itunes yeah, if you want to rent it it was supposed to they were supposed to immediately do a sequel i think the same year they were supposed to start shooting Jesus. it in september <laughs> and it was like instantly canceled <laughs> because no shit yeah it was supposed to be called deeds not words that's like the tagline on the post what a move what a tagline oh, yeah. i don't Ace even Hunter. i don't even get it i'm so it's like you know deeds not don't do something you're judged by your actions not your so your, don't so it's like no actions no, no speak it's, louder than d- words stop just talking about it do it yeah you want to feather your hair and dye it blonde and wear a, a headband do it or put Do put it, your man. money where what your, can you lose put your money where your mouth your life is. savings you want to show Damn off you ponzi scheme <laughs> maybe the most interesting thing about this movie is the behind the scenes ponzi scheme yeah i'm su- yeah, I'm surprised highlight i'm almost surprised like at the very end like the end credits it would say like ace hunter will return in you know like sword and the sorcerer Mm-hmm. Like named the next movie that never happened. There's like a stinger blooper at the end of the movie where he, he says good, good guys always win even in the 80s. I think it was the same scene. That's the in the movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's in the movie. Then why is it again at the end credits? Because <laughs> it's awesome, April. Yeah, man. Okay. You know what? I've turned around. Five stars for Megaforce. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, um, man. Speaking of good movies, what are we doing on our Patreon this week, April? Uh, okay, Patreon. Um, if you want to support the podcast, patreon.com slash no such thing as a bad movie, where you get a little bonus episode every two weeks uh, if you're on the $5 level. And um, this week I picked the movie because we couldn't think of anything else to do. <laughs> and uh, so next week we're doing uh, Jamie Foxx in Sleepless. Yeah. Um, otherwise no known as they got, um, they got Tea. So uh, check it out. 
Uh, I think it's a great movie. <laughs> Check out that movie. Um, Does April convince me on the podcast? <laughs> Listen to find out. Ooh. Exactly. Or, or watch um, the uh, Ralph the Movie Maker episode on it. It's if really you haven't, funny. I'm guessing a lot of our <laughs> listeners are maybe already aware of it. Mm-hmm. We're all Ralphites on here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, if you want to email the podcast, no such thing as a bad movie at gmail.com. Uh, tweeted us at no such thing pod. And uh, my uh, Twitter, Instagram, letterbox, you can find me at april etmansky does anybody ever send us questions or letters uh we get we don't get letters we get uh some emails about movie recommendations we haven't uh, in a while would you like to invest <laughs> in it's barry boswick hey i heard your episode yeah, no, on barry megaforce <laughs> well you know what um t public uh emailed us because they want us to make merch would you like merch? Let us know. Oh, well, this is just a generic. What would, what, what would our merch be? I don't know. Uh, a Megaforce t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it just exactly. says deeds, not words. And then it's all of our faces. No, it's just a silhouette of Barry Boswick with his dick hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, they're like, what's that? Oh, that's part of my favorite uh, podcast. Not such thing as a bad movie. That's his hand. It is? <laughs> yeah, he's standing in front of a pyramid, though. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's a real inside joke there. And then his, his silhouette of his pockets hanging out with moths flying out of them. <laughs> <laughs> but they look like dicks. <laughs> the moths. All right, fans, make us a t-shirt. <laughs> the yeah. moths also have their dicks hanging out, too. Um, uh, where can people find you, Justin? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at DeClue, J-D-E-C-L-O-U-X and letter J, on Letterbox at uh, Justin DeClue, or on the Important Cinema Club or the Bay Street Video Podcast. I do those podcasts every week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Sergeant Zima, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A, and I also do a, a Megaforce podcast called... Mm. <laughs> yeah, called Mega- it's called Deeds Not Words. <laughs> it's, called, <laughs> it's called Silhouette Dicks. <laughs> yeah, and it's, uh, you go minute by minute through Megaforce. <laughs> you know, we always make this minute by minute joke. Are there podcasts that go minute by minute through movies? Yes, Jesus. there are many podcasts that do that. How can you talk Star about Star Wars Minute, Lord of the just Rings one minute. minute? Oh my god, K Nine Minute. I don't know. I just make some up there. Probably. Well, can, that sounds like horrible. I can hear Sailor. I think crying. the gimmick is they bring on a guest and they can talk around that minute. Yeah, yeah I guess so. That stupid guest um, gimmick. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, it's my turn to pick next. What the movie is? I have no idea what I'm picking, but I will promise to make it spooky because mm. it's October. It's Shocktober. Why well, isn't it? Oct- oh, you can have Van Helsing if. If you want oh yeah i don't want to i don't want to pick well i have some uh, ideas uh, but well, I, I have a bad news i'm not gonna pick van helsing when it comes to my turn again uh, okay well i mean I we can do it anytime it doesn't I can, <laughs> yeah I van helsing is an anytime kind of movie or i could pick it um well, who appears in the clouds again oh, <laughs> kate yeah. beckinsale yeah kate beckinsale and her family i'm in it for like the <laughs> and her i'm in it for the like wicked mandolin riffs Oh, oh, endless. Soundtrack and all right, all right. We don't want to spoil Van Helsing when it finally comes no, out. No, exactly. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm April Edmansky. I'm Justin DeBoo. <laughs> next week, we'll pull, we'll, we'll pull out the spooky uh, names next week. How about that? Oh, yeah. Colin Cunningham. And remember, there's no such thing as a bad movie.